Bitch, please. It's not nice. We got Jeremy Avila coming in. That'll be cool. I think on Tuesday. On Tuesday. Tuesday, yep. Jeremy Avila. Where does the, the E come from? Because I've heard it many times before from many different people. It usually comes from being really old. Is that okay? It's like the, the old lady pants. Like um <laughs> you see old ladies like just in those they they all wear the same pants. I can't even mm-hmm. describe them, but they're just old lady pants and they all wear them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what they're made out of. They're made of like, um, maybe like, uh, I don't know, like a polyester or something. They but... just look like really thick, like, <laughs> like a parachute. <laughs> <laughs> they're just freaking old lady pants. It's so funny. Anytime we're in uh, like any kind of store and we make like a wrong turn, we always like, we tease Jasmine about it. We're like, Jazz, what are those to the left? Like, Not granny panties. Like, you know, we'll walk down like the wrong... Oh, section like, of the store, like where there's just like big old old lady underwear. That's great. She gets so embarrassed, and we just told it, like we just keep harping on Isn't it. It's not always weird. Like that's even embarrassing as an adult. Like <laughs> you, especially as a guy. Like uh, you know, like I I was like uh, you know, I'm walking through like the women's section at like Target, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to pick out something for Quinn. And next thing you know, like I'm in the panty section. Yeah, you make a wrong turn, and I'm like, oh great. Mm-hmm. Like then you're that guy yeah everyone thinks i'm a big pervert and not only am i in the panty section but it's like the little kids panty <laughs> section like all right worse. This is, yeah this just keeps getting i was just really going downhill yeah it's like no no i was looking for uh uh never mind um i, I need panties i mean yeah. um uh i was just looking for pajamas i promise yeah no. we hear that all the time buddy get no, out it's of not here. for me it's not for me it's it's uh yeah <laughs> i mean it's for my daughter um yeah like, well, how old is she? And you're like, uh. <laughs> I mean, I can genuinely never find anything in a store, though. No. It's impossible. You know, I don't know if women have it, like, pre-programmed in their head where shit is, but mm-hmm. they are certainly a lot better at it than we are. Mm-hmm. I think it's very clear. Like, even yesterday, um, yeah, yesterday, we brought home some sushi for Jake. Uh, we brought him home a, uh, a spicy tuna roll. That's his favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And, um. He's like, oh, I want to throw some soy sauce on it. He's like, do we have one of those little soy? And I don't even know what, I don't even know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. But Quinn right away, she's like, it's one of those soy dishes? He goes, yeah, we do. She's like, it's right above the uh, where the cereal bowls are. She's like, it's above that and it's to the right. Yeah. And I was like, how do you even know? Like, I, I've never, first of all, I've never seen them before. Right. I didn't even know he had them. And then she knew exactly where the, they were. The exact coordinates <laughs> yeah. of everything. I'm the worst. Stephanie will tell me exactly where something is. I'll be staring at it. It's not here. I don't know where it's at. It's like, look right there. I'm like, it's not. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Andy's mom uh, calls it <laughs> because she can't. She Andy's mom can't figure out why her kids could never find stuff, but it was mainly her boys. She had four kids, and two of them were boys. And whenever she asked the boys to get something, they could never find it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "You must just be staring at the ceiling." Because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's like it's right there, you know. But how bad are well? Hopefully I don't get into too much trouble, but how bad are girls trying to give driving directions? Yeah, I know. I know. It's weird. It's so, oh man. Sorry, it's... babe, but she'll give directions like, okay, once, once you pass this tree, you're going to want to, you're not going to want to make that left, but then you're going to want to make the left, two lefts before it's that so tree. Confusing. And then after you go to there, then you're going to make a right and then another left. But make sure you don't make two lefts the first time. Actually, you know what? Let me start over. April does that too. And you're going to want to go straight and ignore everything. When you get to the dead end, make a U-turn and then turn right. It's like, wait, hold on. 
you're like, you're like, remember that building that's on the right? <laughs> it's on the right. It's like right off that road. I'm forgetting the name of the road, but it's like Tony Roma's Pizza. Well, anyway, Tony Roma's isn't there anymore. It's now an Applebee's. But I think that might have shut down too. Don't turn there. <laughs> Go straight. And you're like, what? You just threw me off so much with this back history of the yeah. two places that shut down. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, anymore. like I, I've expended all my energy on trying to remember what store has been shut down there. Now that I totally forgot where I was even going. Yeah, I don't know what's. I don't even know why I want to go somewhere. Now. Forget it. <laughs> yeah. Forget it. Game over. I don't know. So I can't find anything, but she can't give directions. So mm. we. Uh, You're both yeah, lost. Pretty lost much. in each other's arms and eyes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yesterday was a good time having uh, Doctor uh, William Davison here. He was great in the house. Yeah, he was so helpful. Like we we spoke for. I mean, I spoke to him for like maybe like an hour afterwards. But him and I think we we're all killing him. Yeah. I probably spoke to him at least because he was getting killed by everybody else. So yeah. I kind of just was staying back. Yeah. Your dad and Chris were just not grilling them, but they were just like yeah. 100 miles per hour both ways, like for like three hours. And then we filmed for the movie. He's one of those people that like, um, you know, he really has, he really has the answers. It's almost like, um, I don't want to compare him to like Steve Jobs necessarily, but if, if Steve Jobs, you know, or, or, um, or, um, say, you know, Steve Jobs passed, obviously, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you had, uh, like Elon Musk, you want to ask him tons of questions because you feel like he's got a lot of the answers, you right? Know? Whether he does or he doesn't, I don't know. But, like, um, with this guy in particular, with William Davis, it seemed like he just had, uh, he has so much experience mm-hmm. that how could you deny that he, you can't really deny that he does have, uh, helpful answers, mm-hmm. whether it's like the best, the most optimal. It's like, you know, sometimes these things remain to be seen, but he certainly has a great opinion that has helped thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. Well, I mean, he just, he, he had answers. Like, I'm not saying he had all the answers, but he, he didn't say like, or he just didn't kind of guide you in like a direction where there's kind of an answer. He was just like, no, like carnivore is great, but if you stay on it long term, it's going to cause this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like we don't hear that. Right. So that, that, that was just amazing because he, he had, he gave right. you the answer, but then told you what will happen eventually. Yeah. And also too, he, he was saying that it could cause that. Like he wasn't saying like, oh, right, right. you know, he wasn't saying that he, that he knows necessarily for sure that that would happen that way. Um, but in his experience, that's what he's seen mm-hmm. and that's what he knows. And he knows from, I mean, he mentioned all the complications that children have had being on a ketogenic diet for too long. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that's where he got some of his information and he wasn't saying that you can't go carbless forever. You basically can go very low carb, but he, he feels you'll be a lot safer with some of these prebiotic fibers, mm-hmm. um, the green banana, the white potato and those kinds of things, uh, he thought would really be helpful. Interesting thing, you know, a, a green banana, a banana that's just completely green mm-hmm. has virtually no carbohydrates in it. Mm-hmm. it it's primarily fiber. Let that bitch turn yellow, and now you got forty-five <laughs> grams of not only carbohydrates but stri- pretty much straight-up sugar. Yeah, it went from being a fiber to a sugar kind of right before your very eyes. That's weird. And, um, that's what Quest Nutrition experienced years ago when they first put out their, they put out a, the the first, uh, the first editions of Quest bars had something called chicory root in it, mm-hmm. and chicory root does the same thing. Once it sits and it sits in something that's um. Uh, like like kind of water based basically, mm-hmm. it, it'll turn into a carbohydrate. So this fiber 
that is, uh, remember he said yesterday, you want it to be uh, in uh, ingestible, but not necessarily digestible. I think he said something like that, right? Uh, he yeah. wants it to kind of be able to pass through, or maybe he said it the other way around. No, ingestible. Yeah, you can actually eat it. It's something that you can eat. It's not like you're trying to chew on tree bark, mm -hmm. but your body uh, doesn't recognize it as like a sugar or carbohydrate. It's a fiber. And anyway, that's what happened with Quest Nutrition years ago. They would send these bars out. You put them on the market and they were spiking people's insulin levels. Not, not drastically because it, it was still a modest amount of carbohydrates. But they were like, this doesn't make any sense. We tested them here. It's totally fine. And then they had a food chemist, a guy like Joel Green, come in and say, okay, well, here's why. Mm -hmm. Because that product's been sitting for 40 days and it only takes five days for that to turn into sugar. And you're like, what? It turns into <laughs> sugar? What the fuck? Yeah. Unbelievable. That's crazy. When he says a, a white potato, is that just a regular? He's just talking about a regular white potato, but he wanted it to be raw. Yeah. And yeah. then his suggestion was that you just, you know, blend it up with something, which I don't know how that works. Your blender probably takes a beating. Probably. Trying to blend up a goddamn white potato. But I was thinking about making some shakes that way or something, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Because he said it, had, it was just like 100% fiber that way, which. I think so. I think that's. crazy. Yeah, I think that's what he was saying. There was that. There was, there was a few other things he mentioned being like a, uh, being that type of fiber. But uh, I don't know. Interesting conversations mm -hmm. with him, and and um, it made everything else make a lot of sense. When we started talking to him about lifting and bodybuilding, and those kinds of things, I like the fact that he's still stuck to his guns, and he's still stuck to what he knows. And he's like, you know what, could potentially help with muscle mass, but still. It's still not, it's still not great for the heart. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of had the question, which is a great question, which is probably true, but we don't really know if you're moving around a lot, you're exercising a lot. You got a lot of muscle. Are you kind of chewing up those carbohydrates? Mm -hmm. Is, is it the great equalizer? Right. And I don't think anybody really knows that. I think that we can, we can assume that, mm -hmm. um, from how healthy, like Jay Cutler, you know, Jay Cutler was consuming a thousand carbs a day. And Jay Cutler uh, today is very healthy. I don't know what his blood work would have looked like when he was a pro bodybuilder. Yeah. But um, I would imagine it was still probably pretty good. I'm sure that he had uh, his moments where maybe it wasn't great. But uh, anyway, you know, his his whole thing was, look, you know, it's not it's still not great for your heart. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what you're training for. Mm -hmm. um, it still not, might be a great, the, the best idea for your heart. And so... I thought that, you know, in bringing it back to that made a lot of sense, even in talking about something like the vertical diet, where by the way, you know, people are confused about Stan Efferding's recommendations with the vertical diet. Stan doesn't say that you need to have X amount of carbs, protein, or fat. When you get into his book and when you start to really read into it and, and you start to break it down for yourself, yes, he might give you percentages and he might give you some, uh, opinions of, of what he thinks that you should do, but the vertical diet has a lot of either there's a lot of different things you can do with the vertical diet the vertical diet can be a pretty low carb uh diet and stan himself will tell you that he doesn't eat a lot of carbs um stan you know stays lean and stays in good shape um stan's also you know he's over 50 years old and uh i don't think he tolerates a ton of carbohydrates all that well i think he just doesn't like them either because they make him groggy now, if we're talking about performance and trying to ha have run this big ass engine and be able to dominate the way Brian Shaw does and the way some of these other guys do, then yeah, you probably do need quick, cheap energy sources mm -hmm. 
often otherwise you might lose some weight like how like are you going to really be able to have enough fuel and you're going to be able to eat enough amount of like eating that amount of fat and protein after a while just start to be kind of gross mm-hmm. and i think it wouldn't feel very good it, may, it might not even digest very well yeah <clears throat> it really threw me when he was like you know well carbs are just cheap fillers i was like oh man like when you when he said it that way i was just like damn rice is kind of cheap and it does just fill me but L- listen i mean this is <clears throat> and this is why i say these things aren't <clears throat> excuse me these things aren't innocent they're mm-hmm. they're worse than we think you know we think oh we're out to eat and you know, they're putting bread on the table. It's like, it's okay for my kid to have bread. It's, it's almost, it's like, you don't want to say it's not okay for them to eat bread because you and your kids and mm-hmm. everyone, uh, we should be able to make our own decisions. Like we live in America, it's free country, mm-hmm. do whatever the fuck we want. Right. And that's kind of, kind of the bonus of living here. Kind of the bonus of, uh, making money and kicking ass at work is yeah, you do get to go out and treat yourself. But what is that piece of bread with the butter doing? it's, it's really, it's really fucking you over like tenfold. If you really think about it, because it's not that the bread is that bad and not that the butter is bad. It's not anything about how bad that is. It's taken up room in real estate from otherwise really great nutrients. And mm-hmm. so what happens to your kid a lot of times when you go out to these restaurants, I know, like I've seen this with my own children. Uh, they put bread and butter on the table and boom, my kids will consume the hell out of it. A lot of times these restaurants take forever to serve you food. My son ate three or four pieces of bread. My daughter mm-hmm. had two. My daughter is a much healthier eater than my son, but my son, he'll eat his French fries. He took two bites of his burger and that's his meal. Mm-hmm. It's like you had three giant slices of bread with a bunch of butter on it and you had, you know, uh, a thing of fries mm-hmm. and then you had two bites of a burger. Protein uh, content, super, super low. Fat content and carbs, super high. And so that's where people start to get confused because the person that eats like that, that person could actually use some egg whites in their diet. Somebody that, somebody that doesn't have, somebody that's not really paying attention to what they're eating and they're eating these weird things mm-hmm. where their fat and their carbohydrates are through the roof. Yeah. They need to figure out how to get some protein sources in there. And so leaner protein sources might not be a bad idea for somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who maybe wants to eat the French fries, maybe they get a, um, maybe they get a chicken sandwich instead of a, uh, you know, instead of a, a regular hamburger mm-hmm. because they want some reduction in ca- and overall, does that make sense? Like, yeah. no, it's some reduction in overall calories. And so. That's where shit gets to be really confusing. And somebody's like, it's the fat. Somebody else is like, no, it's the carbs. <laughs> it, well, it's, it's all these things combined. And it's the fact that we're robbing ourselves of the opportunity to eat the new, most nutrient dense stuff first, the healthiest things first. Mm-hmm. And if we can get those things in, it, it's, it, it almost would be better if everything was just in reverse. Like, okay, can, can we have the bread at the table? We probably can't because someone's going to consume it. But almost, can you ask the guy, hey, can you actually bring that like, you know, with our meal. Yeah. And then they br- come back and they bring it with the meal. Maybe your kid gets a couple shots, a couple bites, a couple, they get into whatever it is they ate, even if they didn't eat something that great, even if it's a chicken Parmesan, which mm-hmm. is like fried and breaded and stuff. So what? at least there's protein in there. There's some yeah. value to what they're eating. There's uh, mozzarella cheese on it. They had something. Mm-hmm. It's some nutrition. Okay. Yeah. Now have a piece of bread. Yeah. Not a big deal. When it's just uh, my girl and I, like, I'll have to tell the the waiter, waitress, whatever, they're, 
like to be called these days. I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> uh, like, hey, can you just not bring the bread, though? Because right. if I'm staring at it, I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to pick at it. And then you pick at it. It's like, ah, oh, I'll take another little slice here and there. And then before I know it, the whole football-sized piece of bread is gone. And I haven't even gotten my plate yet. Well, you, usually when you go out to eat, you're usually, usually fairly hungry. Right. You know, a lot of times you don't go out to eat, especially like with the family. It's kind of a thing. It takes you know, a while to actually get there. Yeah. Who knows <laughs> why? Like you got to wait for, you, you know, uh, your girlfriend to get home from work or you got to wait from Jasmine to get home from her friend's house or like mm-hmm. what, something's going on. Right. And then you, you figure it all out and then you, you go on your way. And yeah, like by the time you get there, you're like, man, I just want to, what I don't even care what they have at this point. I'm going to eat everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. They make you wait forever. But I think, uh. I don't know. I might, I might do it next time where I'm just like, Hey, can you bring the bread after that's actually dessert? Cause, right. it, Cause if anybody's still hungry, then you can go ahead and have at it. Right. Right. But no, my daughter, she'll kill the butter and slices of bread and all kinds of good stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, lately, man. So like today I packed a bunch of chicken to eat and I'm craving it right now. Whereas the steak's been rough trying to eat. Go and have a seat, buddy. Good to see you, man. Um, so that's kind of weird, but the steak I'm actually having a hard time still eating but mm. I like I said I packed chicken today and I'm pretty excited to get get after it after we leave this I don't know what that's all about <laughs> you're excited about eating chicken it, yeah which was not the case like uh, a long time ago yeah and that's I mean that's another thing is you got to find you know something that you can stick with something you can stick to but I, I think mm-hmm. you know again uh having William Davis here was great and, and I think you know which it just brings up a lot of different uh, scenarios with diet. When you think about the carnivore diet, it's great because I eat meat. I don't have to think about much else. Yeah. And you might want to think about, you know, some of the things that uh, Dr. Davis said yesterday about, you know, some of these fibers and how um, potentially if you do a keto diet for really long periods of time, it can impact the gut flora, which can potentially hurt your heart in the mm-hmm. long run and also could potentially uh, some of these diets that don't have any fibers in them at all and have no carbohydrates in them at all, mm-hmm. maybe they could potentially cause colon cancer. I mean, just think like, you know, what if some of the information we have is wrong, you know? Yeah. It's almost like some people are like halfway religious cause they, they don't know what happens at the end of their life. Right. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I believe in God cause, cause they don't want to take a risk of like, <laughs> what if he really exists? Right. Yeah. I had a cousin who was like, I believe in all religions. So that way, <laughs> once I pass, someone will accept me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, someone, someone will take you in, right? Yeah. What I, what I, what I dug about, uh, Dr. William Davis was it, it almost seemed like he wasn't necessarily against wheat or against grain. He was more upset at what we did to it. Right. You know, and then he's like, you know, at one point it was this, right. but after cross pollinating and doing this and that, it's now something totally different that we can't uh, digest. Right. So I was like, okay, well, once I understood that, I was like, okay, you're like a sane person. You're not just somebody yelling at people, mm-hmm. don't eat wheat, you right. know, to try to sell books or whatever. Well, and also too, like he also mentions that, it, you know, even at the time of, of when they didn't do as much stuff to it, it still wasn't great for us. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, uh, eat, eat or die, right? So like maybe back then, maybe uh, whoever started eating it first. Maybe they just didn't have a lot of options and maybe, you know, the survival of, uh, humanity mm-hmm. relied on some of that. Nowadays, some of the, some, uh, people rely on like GMO. Mm-hmm. They make like rice and they make different things out of stuff that, um, otherwise wouldn't grow in those areas. Like it doesn't grow without water yeah. and they make these genetically modified, uh, foods that 
that people can eat and it helps feed people all over the world. Mm -hmm. What are you going to give? You know, you're going to drop off, uh, tons of Doritos and Cheez-Its <laughs> and shit like that, uh, into, uh, you know, a, a country that's uh, poor mm -hmm. and uh, has poor nutrition already. All you're going to do is take them from being very thin and, uh, and deprived of the nutrients that they need to making them fat and still deprived of the nutrients that you yeah. need. Cause you don't get any nutrients that you need from eating shitty food. Get fat or die trying. <laughs> get fat or die trying. <laughs> You'll be more fatterist than you were before. How's the, uh, get less fatterist Facebook group going? It's going good. Yeah. People are cranking in there. Um, I'm trying to give out information almost daily. Uh, I've been, I've been doing pretty good with that. I've been pretty consistent with that, giving people information. Um, the diet is still the same. We haven't changed anything quite a bit, quite yet, but next week we're going to roll into doing the vertical diet. And I've been mentioning to people, you know, try to follow along with some of the stuff that Stan's shared here on this podcast. Um, he's talked about the vertical diet many times. Mm -hmm. If you go on my YouTube channel, uh, Stan and I do a 10 minute walk where he talks about the vertical diet. Um, there's just, it's kind of plastered all over the place. You can mm -hmm. also just type in on YouTube, Stan Efforting Vertical Diet, and you'll find the information that you need. Mm -hmm. Or you can just buy his book. His book's like a hundred bucks. And I realize not everybody has a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to give you some, uh, free options. And then also Stan will give us the information anyway. And I'll, I'll be able just to kind of post that and everybody will be able to get to kind of see that. But what I gave people in the first place anyway, is very similar to the vertical diet. Um, it's just that there's, um. Uh, I didn't take into account a lot of the things Stan did with the, uh, like low gas foods and different mm. things. Cause I was just like, you know what? Vegetables, just eat them. Fruit, just eat it. Mm -hmm. I just want people, I want people just kind of getting used to eating these foods. I want people to get used to shopping. You know, people just, they don't shop. They don't plan ahead. Yeah. They don't meal prep. And there's all things that you, uh, you need to get used to. Mm -hmm. If you want to be big and you want to have muscle and you want to be strong, you have to continuously figure out a way to feed those muscles. You have to continuously send the correct signals to your body. If you do cardio, uh, three times a week and you don't meal prep and you're not sleeping very well, you're going to have a body that shows all that. Mm -hmm. Your body's going to look like that. Your body's not going to look, you're not going to look like you're send, sending a signal to your body to be muscular or to have a good body fat percentage. Mm -hmm you're going to have a body fat percentage that's probably not great. You're probably going to be kind of skinny fat. So you have to kind of get out in front of it. You got to figure out a way to try to balance, you know, you, you got a lot of spinning plates when you're doing a diet and when you're doing hard training. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things to kind of think about. And, and I wanted this diet to start out very, very easy. But you guys will see as we move along, and there's been people that are kind of like begging for the diet to get harder, you won't be begging for that when we get down towards the end because it will it will get more and more difficult as we move forward. Damn, son. Mm -hmm. Something I want to talk about today, um, guys. Make sure you go back and listen to uh, that podcast with William Davis. It was spectacular. It's one of my favorite ones. And then also, don't forget all of our stuff here at Slingshot is IPF approved. So make sure you check out MarkBellSlingshot.com. And, uh, make sure you get yourself some knee sleeves and make sure you get so yourself some wrist wraps and get, uh, protect yourself before you wreck yourself. But I want to talk about something. So I've been listening to Jordan Peterson a lot and, um, I'm excited to get him on the podcast. I know that we'll get him on here soon enough, but, um, I was listening to some of the stuff that he's been saying. And I know some people flip out because Jordan Peterson shares, uh, some political views and Jordan Peterson talked a lot about 
how he feels that responsibility is like the meaning of life. And uh, I think it's a really like a really powerful statement, you know, to kind of say like, I know what the meaning of life is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you kind of think about it, the things that you're responsible for and when you are responsible and when you do follow through with what it is that you are responsible for or the things that you're supposed to be doing, it makes you feel really good. Mm-hmm. So if even just something as simple as you made a goal to uh, deadlift, you know, 300 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. Goals to deadlift 300 pounds. Well, you deadlifted for today. Uh, you trained your back today. You worked really hard or what it was yesterday or, or two days ago. You did all the things and you actually ended up picking up 300 pounds for the first time. It's with the trap bar. We elevated the bar a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're getting there. We're working towards it, right? Yeah. We're, chi- we're chipping away. No, but uh, only uh, you would have known to, to, one, have used the uh, the top handles on the trap bar <laughs> right. and then still give me a little, like what, like a one and a half inch boost or two inch Something, boost. Something, yeah. Right. This is small enough to just have me successfully deadlift that. Right. Because if it was a straight bar from the ground or whatever and I didn't do it, you've seen my reaction when I miss a yeah, lift. Right. So not your reaction. Everybody's like, yeah, everyone, <laughs> everyone's upset. You know, right. You, yeah. You, but you know, that it, as small as that is on your list of responsibilities, which your responsibility is, uh, your fiance, your responsibility mm-hmm. is your daughter, your responsibility is your house. I mean, they've got these tremendous responsibilities as small as the, you know, responsible for, I have this goal in the gym. Mm-hmm. You took care of that responsibility. And it makes you feel good. Yeah. And not only makes you feel good, it makes you feel great. Yeah. For some reason, that side thing, because what's the reward for like taking care of your house? There's not one really, you know, like (laughs) it's, it's rewarding to go home every day Mm -hmm. to a home that you love and to have things set up and to have people inside of it that you love. Of course, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. But like those things are like taken for granted because those are things that have, um, they, they take a lot, it takes a long time to figure out who you're going to be with. Like all these things, they take fucking forever to, uh, to figure out, but it's such a slow progression into all that, mm-hmm. that you kind of forget about how amazing it truly is. So it's not like you go home every day and you're like, Oh, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> right. Stephanie, I'm so glad to see you. You jump on her. Right. Yeah. Some days are like that, but, uh, <laughs> for the most part. You know, it, it doesn't really feel that way, but when you pick up 300 pounds for the first time and you've been working towards it, it does feel Mm -hmm. that way. You're like, fuck yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Even if you're not a guy that who celebrates after, not everyone's that guy who wants to fucking, you know, scream or kiss the plates. I've seen people do stuff (laughs) like that before. Everybody's different with the reactions. You know, some people just, you know, kind of walk away from the weights or, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I've, I've never really been huge into like you know, celebrate. I like to get fired up for the lift. And then, you know, usually I, I kind of go on and do my own thing, but the things that you're responsible for, maybe that really is the meaning of life. And maybe that is a, a, something that's really, um, you know, of, of tremendous value. Mm-hmm. And when you, you can also kind of look at it this way too. Like, I think a lot of people have felt like useless before in their lives or worthless. Yeah. Um, even some of the most savage people you've ever met have have felt that way. Like you just, I don't know, you just feel like a bitch some days. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like getting off, off the couch. You know, people talk about like depression and these different things. I think everyone has suffered from some form or some slight degree of depression where you just don't feel great about yourself. Mm-hmm. These things that we're doing in the gym, 
you can kind of say, you know what, uh, maybe I'm not the uh, man that, that, uh, my wife wants me to be, or maybe I'm not, you know, the student that my teacher wants me to be. And maybe I'm not the son that my parents want or whatever, but you know what? I went, I went into the gym and I picked the fucking weight up and I picked it up from the ground and I moved it over to here mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm worth something like, and you proved it to yourself. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff is like, um, it's hard to put a value on that. It's hard. For, it's hard for other people to understand it. They don't get it. Yeah. Um, some people don't understand, uh, when somebody won't cheat on their diet, <laughs> Hey man, you want a piece of cake? It's your birthday. Nope. Oh, come on. It's not going to kill you. Yeah. Come on. You know, it's not a big <laughs> deal, but it goes back to the responsibility. Maybe that person in their head, they got this responsibility. They got this goal. Mm-hmm. They have this thing that they want to meet. And the satisfaction of not eating the cake is way better than the guilt of eating it. The, the loss of eating it, it, you know, it's like a loss. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like you put an L up on the scoreboard. <laughs> you, you, lo- you lost that day. You yeah. lost that moment. You, you know, you didn't, you didn't win. Mm-hmm. In order to, in order to really truly win at life at every turn, you have to be able to try to pick up these victories um, as much as you possibly can. And at the end of the day, hopefully like 80% of your day looks like a win or a victory, or even sometimes it might only be 60%. Um, but it can't look like 30% and it can't look like 40%. Uh, a loss is waking up late. You lost. Mm-hmm. Like you, lo- you, lo- you lost, a, not, not only did you lose, but you lost a chunk of time. Um, so for every day that that happens, and, and by late, I don't mean that you woke up at 10 o'clock um, by late, I just simply mean you woke up later than you wanted to wake up. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has the discussion or the, the voice in their head that says, okay, tomorrow morning I'm waking up at this time and you kind of plan out your day. I've said before on this podcast, I don't think it's a wise idea to start your day until your day is finished. And that means that you plan ahead. You plan your day, plan your day the day before, plan your day the week before, plan your day as far in advance as you can have the day somewhat planned so you don't lose for that day. Because if you start to get behind in your day, then you're behind the next day and you're behind the next day and behind the next day. If I get out of here too late, it's going to be hard to get my ass in here tomorrow morning for our squat session. Mm -hmm. So it's my responsibility, going back to the word responsibility, to make sure that this day is planned out well enough to where I eat, at certain times, I lift at certain times. I set myself up the best possible way to lift at a certain time so I can get out of here at a certain time, so I can get back home, be with my family, get my ass in bed, and be ready here at the gym, hopefully by like 5.30 or 5.45 to get a little warm-up in mm-hmm. and to have an awesome squat session. Yeah. So otherwise, you know, otherwise you're running around like a, a chicken with your head cut off and you can't figure out you can't make heads or tails of, uh, of, of what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Cause not only are you, uh, you're behind, but you're trying to catch up. So it, it, you're kind of letting other things fall apart too, by trying to make up for what you've lost. It goes back to the piece of bread, doesn't it? Like you <laughs> ate the piece of bread, but the piece of bread wasn't just a piece of bread. It's the piece of bread in replacement for the steak. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that 20 minute conversation that you had with somebody that, maybe wasn't as meaningful as you getting through your workout. So like as bad as it sucks that you might not have been able to have that conversation with somebody, that conversation can wait for another day. Cause the most important thing is that you get through this workout, you kick ass in that workout, you get yourself through, 
you get yourself to eat, you get yourself to bed, you do all the things you need to do, and boom, your next day is lined up the way that it should be. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's not, and a lot of times we're we're unorganized. A lot of times we're slobs. Everything's just fucking all over the place all the time. And we don't take the time to think about it. We don't take the time to really take care of ourselves. Um, you know, taking care, taking care of yourself and being respectful of yourself and respectful of the things around you is, is a like lifelong lesson. Like it's something that can constantly evolve. Like for me, like I still have a tendency to like leave my socks all over the place. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I just, I just like, I, I get tired of just having my socks on them. I'm taking them off <laughs> and I take them off and I just leave them wherever they are. There's so much work to bend down to get them though. It's stupid, right? Like just, th- just, you know, chuck it, chuck it away. Right. <laughs> so it's little things like that that end up kind of shaping you and they end up making you. And, uh, mm-hmm. like even here in, in, in the office, you know, you walk by something and somebody, uh, somebody, you know, went to throw a can out or something and they missed the garbage. And maybe they didn't recognize they missed the garbage or maybe they did, whatever. There's something on the ground. You bend down, boom, you pick it up. It, it's not yours, mm-hmm. but it's kind of everybody's responsibility to make the place nice. We all work here. Let's keep it. And we don't want, uh, we don't want stuff to be disgusting. We don't want stuff to be all over the place. Right. We want the fridge to be like well-kept and otherwise you know, you don't, you don't want to put your own food in there. Like, mm-hmm. This is gross. I'm not putting my food in here. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, you're, you're, um. Uh, I guess I'll say your speech about cutting corners. Right. It's one of my favorite things that you've ever said. I love that thing where, uh, if you can, can you re re say that for me real quick? I can. That'd be great. I think people need to hear it. We have some new subscribers Mm -hmm. and it's one of the, like, for me it's one of the most motivating things that I've heard you say, because it makes the most sense. Yeah. You know, each and every day we, we have these corners and, uh, you know, a lot of times in seminars and stuff, I'll do like a demonstration. I'll kind of walk it. I'll walk, walk around in basically a circle, but you know, each and every day we have these corners, um, that we kind of need, that we need to get around. And a lot of times people want to try to take the shortcut. So what happens is you're a smart, rational person. Most of us are, are, are rational people. Maybe we're not that smart, but most of us are kind of rational people. So, you know, we don't want to get to work late because we know our, that'll piss off our boss. So we have every intention of getting to work on time. Uh, something happens in the morning. Let's say, let's say for example, actually usually, usually things start to cascade like before, way before that. So maybe, uh, you're trying to catch up on a, on the season of walking dead <laughs> and you watched the show before you went to bed, you went to bed a little bit later than you wanted to. And, uh, turns out you don't remember your alarm clock going off in the morning, but it did at some point. And you woke up 20 minutes past when you thought it was going to go off. Well, now you got to rush your kids to school. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they woke up later because you woke up later. And now you have a whole nother stress going on. They're trying to eat. You're trying to get them out the door. Uh, maybe because, uh, because they're later than normal. Maybe they can't ride their bike to school. Now you got to drop them off. Well, now here you go. Boom. You're late to work. So there's corner number one that you're cutting, right? You had every intention that day of training, but because you got late to work, now you're working your ass off all day at work. You're trying to kind of make up time. You forgot to bring your food with you that you wanted to bring. 
So now you go to Chipotle and you have a burrito. Boom. <laughs> you just, <laughs> you just cut another corner because you wanted to eat better that day. You wanted to win the day. You wanted to try to make some changes in your diet and, and you can't, right? You ate Chipotle, you ate something you didn't want. Now you're feeling guilt from that. Now you're also starting to feel exhausted because you had a bunch of junk that you didn't want to have in the first place. So you're, uh, you're, you're on your way home and you have every intention of working out, but you're like, you know what? This just doesn't make any sense for me to lift today. I am so damn tired. Shoot. You cut that corner <laughs> and you keep cutting corners and cutting corners and cutting corners until finally you are just spiraling. You're just going in a circle and you are having a lot of movement. And a lot of activity without moving forward at all. And you're like, man, I'm really working my ass off. And like, fuck my boss and screw this and screw that. And like, I, I'm working so hard and I'm, no one even cares. No one, I'm not getting a raise. I'm not getting any recognition. And it's like, yeah, well, you're, you're working hard, but you're not working very efficiently. You're not more productive. You're not more valuable than you were last year or last week. So you, you're, <laughs> therefore, you're not going to get a raise. It doesn't make any sense. That's the only way, that's the only way, uh, to get more money <laughs> is to be worth more, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you'll have to figure out a way to become, uh, more valuable. And I see people cutting corners and I, you know, I'm not just saying people, I'm, I'm, I would lump myself in there as well. We all cut corners. And when you think about each part of the day actually being really important, um, it, it, every, everything, everything is significant. Everything has a value to it. And when you start to recognize that, when you start to really recognize this factor, which is the fuck your elbow factor, you know, I, I made that video a long time ago. That's a video that stuck with a lot of people. It's a video that, that helped change a lot of people's lives when they, they heard me, they heard me say it. And, um, I'll read it right here. And it's basically just, you know, it was in response to, um, it was in response to, uh, you know, somebody kind of making fun of the fact that, um, I, if I lift, uh, regardless of how I feel. And I said, you know what? Like if, if your elbow hurts, just say, fuck your elbow and get in there and train anyway. It was basically the gist of it. And I, at that time I was really frustrated because people kept talking about the central nervous system and they kept talking about how, you know, they feel fried for their workouts and stuff. And I just thought it was stupid. Cause I'm like, you know what? Your central nervous system from lifting should be, should be somewhat fine because you lift every day, you work out every day, you lifting is what you do. So if we all of a sudden just played basketball out of nowhere, or if we all of a sudden out of nowhere, um, uh, did some like, uh, Navy seal training. Well, yeah, of course we would be wrecked. That mm -hmm. would kill us. Or if we did a CrossFit workout, that would make sense. Okay. Yeah. Your nervous system's fried, your muscular system, like everything, all your systems are fried. Everything's shot. That would make sense. But if you power lift or you bodybuild consistently, you shouldn't need, you shouldn't need a lot of days off. Um, obviously you're going to need some rest here and there, but, um, anyone who's been doing it for a long period of time knows that, you know, having a little bit of rest is not going to save your shoulder, your elbow, uh, taking one training session off is not going to do shit. It, it just won't, it won't be enough you'd have to take like months off and who wants to do that? Cause you're, you want to keep training. And so, yeah, I was just really frustrated. And I, I was just kind of basically saying like, people are using these excuses or using the excuse of the central nervous system to skip out on workouts. Um, and then I made this statement here, which is 
you know, we're all head, we're all head towards pain. We we're all going to die. Um, we'll all be in a lot of pain. It's all coming our way. It's inevitable. It's part of life. But in the meantime, you might as well live your life like a fucking savage and live your life the way that you want to live. And that's a statement that I made. And that's something that I live by. And, and it goes back to all the stuff that I was saying earlier about the importance of your day to day. If you understand that life is going to be fucking miserable and you're going to deal with a lot of pain and that you're going to fucking die in the end, you're going to do all this shit in your life. And then you're going to do your payment at the end is that you fucking die. <laughs> that's what happens. So you, mm-hmm. you're, you're no longer here. And usually for most of us, before we're no longer here, we go through a lot of pain. We end up in a hospital or some shit. And like, you know, if we're lucky enough, we can just die in our sleep or die, die at home or mm-hmm. die. And I mean, I'd rather die in some fucking crazy accident than to die, um, you know, than to die in some stupid ass hospital, you know, yeah. like so that just seems, that just seems awful. But with the understanding that, uh, suffering is coming our way. Maybe it will force you to take your days more seriously and maybe it would force you to kind of structure your days a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you got to be like really insanely organized or, or, um, that you have to change who you are because uh, you know, I'm not organized myself. I don't, you know, I don't really like, I don't write a lot of stuff down. I don't keep track of a lot of things. I, I try to keep track of them in my head. Maybe I'll write something down on my phone here and there. I do a lot of like voice notes and stuff, but, um, I still stay on top of shit and I still figure out a way to try to get out in front of things and when it comes to when it comes to this philosophy of recognizing that there's just going to be a lot of bullshit in your life it'll it'll force you it'll force you to recognize that there's no reason for you to sit around and say that you can't do this you can't do that you possess the ability to get better you possess the ability to almost do anything within reason, you know, some mm-hmm. people say, oh, I do anything, if you put your mind to it. Well, not, not really. <laughs> it can't really do anything if you put your mind to it. Cause you have a, um, I don't know, you have like a predisposition towards certain things. Like I, I couldn't be in the NBA. Like it's not going to happen. Like not now. Right. Like right. how would I, how would that, I, I can't figure out a, a feasible way that that would make any sense mm-hmm. to be able to do that. There's certain going to be certain limitations that you have at certain at certain points, but when it, you know, when it comes to understanding that there, there are going to be days, uh, that are going to be tough. There's going to be things that happen in your life that suck. People are going to die. Um, you're going to get sick. I mean, all these things are, are, are coming our way at some point. And then it, it can make you realize, look, you know what? Maybe I should like acquire more skill. Maybe I should learn more shit. Mm-hmm. Um, most people don't learn anything until something really bad happens. And, and that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of like a fact of life. Like that just happens. You're, you're forced up against a wall and then you learn something. Uh, my brother died and then I created the slingshot. The slingshot invention was already in my head though. It was already there. But when he passed, it made me recognize, look, yeah, there is a lot of suffering in life. There's a lot of shit that's going to happen mm-hmm. in this world that I don't have any control over. And I might as well get off my ass and start moving. I might as well start, I might as well start my life the way that I want my life to be. I might as well just do it right now. It makes no sense to wait around. It makes no sense to, I mean, part of the whole way everything got, everything took off in the first place, uh, was because when, when my brother passed, I, you know, 
I, I had no control over what happened. I, I always knew that he was going to die young. I always knew that that was, that that was going to be the case just because of the way he lived his life. And I said to myself, you know, whenever he does die, I'm going to try to carry on some of the characteristics that he had. That's all you can do when someone dies. You know, when someone dies, it's a, a way that you can kind of pay back uh, to them or a way that they can kind of live on through your spirit or however you want to put it. But when he passed, I was like, you know what? That motherfucker, he took, he didn't take shit from anybody. He never let anybody tell him what he could and couldn't do. Even my own dad, uh, you know, my brother came home from uh, uh, college football and he came home and he told my dad, he's like, I'm going to quit school and I'm going to become a professional wrestler. And my dad's like, not in my house. You're not. He's like, you you know, you need to go do that kind of shit on your own. I don't, you know, I don't agree with that. I don't know why my dad said that, but my dad did. (laughs) I think my dad just wanted him to get a job. Basically, mm-hmm. my dad's like, "Look, you're not going to school anymore. Why don't you get a job?" Mm-hmm. That's the way my dad was to him. That's the way his dad was to him, and so I think that that's what he thought was the right thing to do. My brother moved out, and three weeks later, he's on TV wrestling for WWF. And so, uh, you know, that was a lesson that I learned. And I'm like, you know what? You know, when he passed, I was like, you know, these all these people that have already told me that the slingshot thing's not going to work, and that it doesn't make any sense. Um, uh, there's no reason to listen to that. That doesn't, there's no reason for me to, um, for me to adhere to what they're saying. They don't know me. They don't know, mm-hmm. uh, they don't know how hard I'm willing to work to make this thing happen. And at the time I would just kind of like went to people kind of hoping and praying that they would help me almost, you know, like oh, I got this idea. I don't know what to do with it. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And I thought I would just kind of turn the idea over to somebody and they'd say, okay, well, you know, we're going to make it and do this. And then you get like 50%, but like nothing will ever work out that way. Uh, that would never make any sense. And I'm glad it didn't. No, I know. I know. I know. I'm glad, I'm glad it didn't either. You know, um, that would have been, that would have been horrible. Right. But how, before you go on, mm -hmm. how much of your, uh, like your, your life at that point was consumed by trying to get the slingshot off the ground? Um, Meaning like, uh, cause I, you didn't re- have like a real job at that time, right? Or, no, no, no. So it was just lifting family stuff. And then how much of the rest of the day was a slingshot, like pushing basically. Yeah. You know, it, it was, uh, it was a lot. It consumed a lot of me. It was something I thought about constantly mm-hmm. and it was, uh, it consumed me. I was really frustrated. I mean, I was really, really pissed about it for mm-hmm. a while because I was trying to figure out how to get it made and then I got it made and then, um, it wasn't the way that I wanted it to be made. So I I had it, I had a prototype Mm -hmm. of exactly what I wanted. And then when I took the prototype to try to get it made, um, (laughs) it was a disaster. Um, and I, I don't know, I just didn't really realize that thing, things, I didn't know how anything worked. So, you know, I was, uh, the first order that I did was like $500 worth or something. Um, they kind of sell you on the fact that you need to get a certain amount of them. And I was like, fuck man, I don't have 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. And so I got them made and they were terrible. They were like, it was almost like an ACE bandage material. Like it wasn't oh, much man. stronger than that, mm-hmm. but it still worked. Um, it still did the job in some way. And so it still, uh, allowed me to kind of keep going forward. But the other thing was too, is they smelled really bad because <laughs> yeah, they what were, I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Cause they were dyed this weird, like they were dyed red 
And then they would make your body red too. Mm-hmm. They'd make your skin all red. Like uh, Burdick, when he was talking to the, the to the whole team without you guys, he was he said how bad they smelled. Oh, they reeked. He said they were awful. It just smelled so I don't I can't even describe can't even <laughs> describe what they smelled like, but they just reeked. Yeah. And then Andy and I tried to wash them because we're like, oh, maybe we can get the color out of them. So mm-hmm. we washed them and. Uh, and we dried them and we did a bunch of shit to them, but then it broke our washer. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, it, it was just like kind of one blunder after another. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, um, I didn't have, I didn't have anybody that I, that could help me at the time. You know, now I have a whole team of people and I can say, Hey, Joey, I need you to, you know, reach out to this person and get them for the podcast and mm-hmm. she can, you know, contact them and we could have them here in a month, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and so at that time I didn't, I didn't have anything like that. I didn't know where to go. My wife didn't really know how to help me. Um, I talked to my dad a lot about it stuff, but he, he didn't know, he didn't have any idea what I was talking, like no one knew what I was talking about, like, cause it's new, it's different. It's an invention. I created a product that didn't exist before. Yeah. So it's like, you know, where do you go with it? So mm-hmm. yeah, it consumed a lot of my time. Cool. It consumed a lot of my, a lot of my hours. I actually, um, had a whole nother room in my, uh, when I lived, my wife and I lived in Woodland. And, uh, when we first moved to Woodland, we lived with my brother-in-law cause we couldn't afford to get a house on our own. So we, my brother-in-law and my wife, uh, <laughs> signed, signed for the house hmm. and, uh, my brother-in-law moved out. Um, you know, he lived with us for like a year and then he got a different job and he moved out. And when he moved out, that was like my R and D room. That was oh, like, wow. it had, uh, knee wraps and wrist wraps and bench shirts and squat suits in there. And I used to go in there all the time and just mess around with these wraps and stretch them. And I mean, there's all kinds of weird stuff. I'd like mummify myself. I'd just take mm-hmm. a, a, a wrap and I would, um, like rather than like wrapping my knee, I would just like wrap my whole leg just to kind of see what it would Let's do. See what happens. I, I took wraps and then I would wrap it like in, in like a, almost like a, uh, like a, like a underwear type of thing. Like I'd <laughs> wrap it all like around both legs and then like like kind of around my butt and stuff to see if it would like be something for squatting. You definitely have pictures of this, right? <laughs> no, I like don't. no pants on or anything. Yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wrapping it around my neck and whacking off and everything else. There you go. Now the, the reason why I had asked about like how much of your time did it consume or time and energy is because you, know, you hear, well, I've heard of people like, oh, I want to be a, I don't know, I'll just say professional wrestler mm-hmm. or I want to be a photographer, whatever it is. They say this, and then they go play video games mm-hmm. or they just kind of dick around. They yeah. don't like spend like nowhere near enough time and energy or focus on the, their said goal. Yeah. So like by you saying like, yeah, it consumed like everything. Yep. Like, cause I know that's what it did for me with photography. Like yeah. every waking hour that I had was free. It was consumed by trying to be a, you know, a full-time photographer. It I, was, uh, yeah, it was constant. It was day and night. I mean, yeah. I remember coming, even coming home from the gym and then messing around with the rap some more. And it wasn't always slingshot driven. It was just like, more like just messing around with stuff. And that's why, you know, here at work, I mean, I said it, I think last week in the, <laughs> uh, during, uh, mm-hmm. our, one of our, uh, meetings, mm-hmm. you know, I said, I, I don't, I don't like everyone to just work all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and Smokey kind of laughed because I know that we create a lot of work here and mm-hmm. there's a lot of responsibilities, a lot of things to do, but you need to do other stuff. That's when you get, you know, some people are like, oh man, I think of the best stuff when I'm taking a dump, <laughs> right? Cause, yeah. because now, I mean, you had five seconds to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And now is when you think of something or when you go to Bodega Bay and you look out at the ocean, you start thinking of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. 
maybe something hits you from, uh, you think about some thing that you liked when you were seven years old, some toy that you liked that you got at Christmas or something. You think of something crazy. Yeah. Something crazy hits you, but maybe that sparks something, reminds you of something else. And you're like, oh man, like it would be cool if I, uh, could capture this in a photo or it'd be cool. Like it might make me think of a new, new invention mm -hmm. or, um, you know, who the hell knows what it yeah. does, but it does weird shit to you. Yeah. No, it was funny when we can't get that from working. No. And when we, when we got to the, to the beach house, I actually, I looked out and I'm like, oh wait, I'm trying to, I, I want to capture this photo right here. Like, mm -hmm. and I, I delivered them to everybody and on the team, uh, for one of the new, um, jackets that we're coming out with pretty cool. soon. But you're right. Like I couldn't have thought of that photo unless I was away from work. And right. I ended up turning it into a slight little bit of work, but that's just so we can all write off the beach house because we got some photos done there. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of things that hit you out of nowhere, uh, when I was watching A Leaf of Faith, uh, there's a there's a scene where you're squatting and I can see my flashes going off. So like technically my camera was in the movie, but I wasn't. Hmm. But I had met Chris and I didn't even know it because <laughs> it was like the second time I shot for the gym. And so I'm like meeting everybody for the first time or whatever. Oh, that's cool. And like, I didn't even recognize him. Uh, and like, I was telling him about it yesterday and he was getting a, you know, a kick out of it. He's like, oh, well, like, and I was like, it hit me all at once. All of a sudden when I seen your movie that I had <laughs> met you already without even knowing it. You just saw it the other day? Uh, I saw uh, a couple weeks back or months back, I should say. Um, but it was funny because I was just telling him yesterday when he was here, but uh, when you just said when something hits you all of a sudden, that's what I was thinking of. Cause I'm like, dude, out of nowhere, like it just like the whole like <laughs> lost memory came back when I seen that scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's weird when that happens. Yeah, man. You know, yeah, it did consume every day. Uh, it took a lot of time and it, it, it took a lot of like, I, I mean, I remember going to, I, I used to go to Starbucks every day. I'd go to Starbucks and then my wife would work out at the gym that was right down the street from there. I wasn't really down the street. It was like next to Starbucks basically. Mm -hmm. And she would work out with her friends and I, I would sit there and I'd just, I don't know, write stuff down. I'd look at videos on YouTube and mm -hmm. I would just like think it's now what I kind of just call my personal development time mm -hmm. where I just sit there and work on stuff. I work on trying to make myself yeah. uh, more betterist, more yeah. smarterist. I know, I know you said you, you would get kind of frustrated or pissed off, but in the moment, did you appreciate the, like the, the journey, the struggle? No, no, I was just frustrated. Just frustrated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was times when, like, uh, I was taking, like, any photography job and I'm working on shit or going to, mm -hmm. like, kind of, like, uh, personal development just to watch, right. like, YouTube videos where I'm like, I know someday this is going to pay off. I, I don't know how I knew it, but I knew it was. Right. So, in, in that yeah. moment, I was like, this kind of sucks, but at the same time, this is kind of cool because one day I'll look back and be like, damn, I took any amount of money to shoot, like, a you know, kid's birthday party just so I can keep working. Right. <laughs> so, but that's cool, man. I, yeah, I just kind of kept chasing it. You yeah. Know? I just kind of kept chasing it. And like, um, you know, every, every day I would just kind of tell myself that I could, that I'm going to figure out a way to do it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just remember, you know, I was really frustrated and I actually just told my wife, I was like, you know, I, I guess I need to stop being frustrated and just understand that like, you can't help me with it. My dad can't help me with it. My brother can't help me with it. I just need to help myself. Mm -hmm. And kind of when I said that out loud, I was like, yeah, that's, that's it. That's like the right thing to do. That's what I need to do. Cause she was like, how do I help you? You seem so frustrated about it, you know? And I was like, I, I'm like, I don't, I just kind of told her, I don't think you can, you know, I think it's just something because it's my idea, it's my creation and I need to, 
I need to communicate it better with what I'm looking for. And then, so it, it actually, in all, in all reality, none of it took very long, you know, looking back at it. Mm -hmm. Um, but the entire like process from start to finish probably did take like four years because I had the idea for a long time, mm -hmm. but I sat on it for, I, you know, I ha was told it was a bad idea many times. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe it is a bad idea. And then my brother passed and then it took a little bit while after that, uh, that, you know, the idea started, I, I think I've told this story before, but I had a dream, um, and my, my brother was in the dream, but like, I, I don't know, it was weird. I woke up and it seemed like he whispered in my ear and, and I just heard the word think. I still don't even know. I don't know what happened mm -hmm. on that day. And I, I've had other people tell me they've had similar experiences when they've had people die, uh, that they had just these weird like things that they can't explain. Mm -hmm whether it was you're visited by a fucking ghost or whether it was just a dream or a nightmare or whatever you want to call it. Um, it was like from that moment on that all that kind of got kickstarted. And, uh, I just, I woke up with chills. I didn't know what was going on. I was like in a panic. Like mm -hmm. my heart was racing and I was like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. I mean, it seemed like he was there, you know, and I know he, I, I don't think he was there, but, yeah. uh, it really did seem like he was there and, um, I don't know what think meant. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what it meant, but if you're, if you're in my house and you're sitting down watching, watching TV, if you just look to the left, there's a, there's a, uh, like a plaque there. It just says think on it. So if you, next time you see that, Damn, I haven't recognized it or maybe I saw it and didn't even realize. Yeah. Next time you see it, you'll, uh, you'll kind of know what it's there for. <laughs> Dang. That's, that's dope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, a lot of these things are, you're going to have people that tell you, you know, that you can't do it. And you hear people all the time saying, you know, uh, that you got to like fight through it and all this stuff. But I mean, you really do. And it has to be something that you have to, um, it has to be part of your everyday, uh, process that you are, uh, not allowing what other people say to bother you or to slow you down. Mm -hmm. If you know, something's right, you know, I, I try to tell people you know, fo follow that gut feeling, follow your heart and don't always follow your head. Um, even with something as simple as, uh, what we have coming up in a few days, a sale that we're running, you know, um, and he's like, I don't know if we can do that sale. And I'm like, well, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> you know, of course, of course we can do it. She's mm -hmm. like, well, I don't know if it work out like logistically. And I'm like, you know what? I, that's not a, that's not a good way to think. Like that's, People that have, uh, and obviously a sale from Slingshot is not going to change the world, mm -hmm. but, uh, people that have changed the world are people that have weird thoughts, you know, like, uh, Elon Musk wants to colonize Mars. Right. Like what? Like <laughs> how many people have talked about that in the history of the world before, mm -hmm. you know, or, or how many people have, maybe there's been, maybe there's been like a hundred people that have talked about it. Maybe there's been scientists that have talked about it over the years, mm -hmm. but who's set forth any action towards it. He's probably like pretty much the only guy, maybe him and maybe Jeff Bezos. Like there's anyway, it's a short list, mm -hmm. right? But these people say stuff that's off the wall, right? Mm -hmm. And then they go out and <laughs> they go out and they figure out a way to do it. Do you think like, like heads of other companies who are equally crazy or kind of like uh, silenced by like uh, the, like the board or whatever that they work for or that they basically built. Cause you don't, I mean, there's other big companies, but you don't really hear anybody saying some crazy shit like that. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, pe people, uh, 
you have to, you have to drown out, you know, I've said this in the seminar that we did the other day, you got to drown out the noise of, drown out the noise of basically all the kind of haters, all the people that are going to tell you that you can't do it, all the bitchers and whiners Mm -hmm. and all those people. And you have to listen to the sound of your own voice. The sound Mm -hmm. of your own voice usually leads you, usually like the first instinct that you have to do something, usually it's right. And then what do you end up doing later on? You're so mad at yourself. You're like, why did I let that happen? I know, like, I know better than that. Like, mm-hmm. you're, like, you're pissed at yourself. Like, why did I listen to anybody else? I should have just done that my way. Yeah. I yeah. knew that would have worked out better. And it's like, you set yourself up for some reason. You, you're thinking like something's going to be better if you do it this different way. And it, not, like, you're always pissed about it. Yeah. Calling the dream killers, remember? But uh, right. I was, I think it was Tate Fletcher when he was talking about taking acting classes, how he was willing to go as far as like accident like purposely falling to like twist an ankle so he couldn't go up on stage to like uh whatever do like a uh, improv or whatever mm-hmm. it was but he's like man i can't believe i'm willing to go through all that just to get out of something that i want to do like you know to talk himself out of it and just that's actually really it's actually it's crazy it, it, i know it does sound crazy but it's actually really normal like you um you want to fail to justify the fact that you're not trying, <laughs> you know, right. you want to, you want to like, um, and I think that's like, that's really common of like, and Tate Fletcher is like an older, he's an older guy, but like, it's a, um, really common trait of like an immature soul of someone that's a little bit like immature, mm-hmm. um, or, or they're immature or new to like what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's scary. Um, yeah, acting or that kind of stuff is like that's scary. I, I used to kind of th- I didn't feel the same way. I wasn't as powerful, but I used to feel that way about wrestling sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when we would do like our promos and stuff, and they would say, you know, uh, they'd be like, you know, they'd point to like Cena or something. They say you got three minutes and you're gonna wrestle Smelly and get up there and talk, and then he'd go up and talk, and he would do really well, and then maybe the guy after him would do really well, and the guy after him, and I'd start thinking, oh shit, like. <laughs> Like, I wish I was like first or second or like I, I halfway wanted to be first, but then mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, being first kind of sucks. Like, like whatever position you're in is not good enough. Right. Cause yeah. you're just thinking, and then you're thinking, oh, if I'm last, it's really going to suck, but it really doesn't <laughs> matter. You know, no matter <laughs> when you go, you're still going to suck probably either way. I always felt going second was best because <laughs> yeah. you let the first guy, whether he does good or not, you can at least see like the tone and how it's accepted. <laughs> yeah. Like if he's way off and people right. laugh at him, you can be like, okay, I can't do what that guy did. Yeah. At least he, at least he kind of broke the ice a little bit. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause if, but if you wait too long, then you let the anxiety build up, you get nervous and then you end up pooping your pants. <laughs> I used to feel that way sometimes <laughs> about, um, about like even football practice. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. like in my entire football career, I played football from the time I was probably like 10 uh, until I was, uh, probably like 20. Mm-hmm. So a decade. And I, I never, mi- I never missed one practice uh, ever for any reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to practice sick. I went to practice her. I went to practice, you know, just a lot of, a lot of other people do it too. But, um, my point is, is like, I always wanted to like, I, I like halfway through, I was always like, man, I can't believe we're doing this again today. Or this is going to suck when we do these running drills, or this is going to suck when we go and do this. And I was always like, man, I just want to like have an ankle injury. <laughs> like, yeah. Just to, to, to sideline you. Yeah. So I don't need to do these sprints or like, mm-hmm. I'd rather, you know, even just fake something, but I never did. I just always, <laughs> it was always <laughs> in my thought. head. Cause yeah. like you'd see other people do it, you uh-huh. know, so-and-so's knees bother. Like 
you always have the guy on the team, like something's bothering him every time. And you're like, well, fuck. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I just want to, I just want to be like that guy for a minute. I just right. want to just not do all these exercises right now. Yeah. I, I played baseball and like soccer and basketball and whatever. Uh, I never played football, but it was always awesome when like, uh, if it was an outdoor sport, when it got rained out, like, ah, there's no practice today. Like, fuck yeah. Like, cause I didn't want to go today. You know I mean? It was every day, but yep. when something got canceled, it was like, oh, this is awesome. And that led to, you know, being an adult when like plans fall through and nobody can come over or whatever. And like, okay, cool. I'll get to be home alone again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that is. Just want to sit home and play, uh, play video games. Super Mario Brothers 3 with my fiance. <laughs> Some of my point of all this with the, you know, fuck your elbow speech and some of the other stuff I shared today is I think, you know, we should all be desperate to learn. And whenever you have the time, you ever have the opportunity uh, to learn something that could advance your life, then you should really just try to grab a hold of it and fucking run for the hills. Because there's a lot of great people to learn from. There's a lot of great information out there. There's a lot of great things that we can acquire. And they just the simple act of learning can help change your life. And I never understood any of those lessons when I was in school. You know, maybe I would have liked learning better if I understood some of that, but I didn't, I didn't know anything. I didn't really understand any of that. And the things that you learn in school, a lot of things, you know, obviously weren't, weren't of, weren't of interest to me. Um, but you almost need, um, you almost need some desperation to learn. And in my opinion, a great way to have the desperation is to know that pain and suffering is coming our way. So you might as well learn and grow and do stuff now. Do the things that you want to do now. Stop talking about having a better body and start working on it. Uh, stop talking about being stronger and start working on it. Stop talking about uh, this class or this seminar or this thing that you want to go do and just, you want to come to Super Training Gym? Fucking come to Super Training Gym. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I, I say the same thing all the time. I want to make sure people understand I'm guilty of all these things too. That's how I'm able to speak upon them. You know, and I used to be worse, but I continue to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had to give myself a grade, I would say 10 years ago, I was like a four, you know, and now I'm maybe like, like a six and I'm hoping that someday in my life I get to be like an eight, you know, I'll never be perfect, but hopefully at some point, you know, I'm trying to get better at kind of everything, uh, as, as best as I possibly can. Um, but you know, a, a really good way to kind of see where you are is to, kind of look around and, and not really see what other people are doing, but it's important to observe what other people are doing, but don't let that put you in the wrong spot because that's not your place. Your place is not to compare yourself to others. The most important person to compare yourself to is yourself. So like my dad, the other day, he was talking about how he lost, I think 25 or 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, I, he's like, I've lost some weight, but you know, there's these other guys that lost, you know, <laughs> people go on the keto diet and they lose 50 pounds or whatever. I'm like, dad, people that lose 50 pounds are normally 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're not a big guy. You know, mm-hmm. he started out weighing like 230. Now he weighs like 198. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're not a big guy. And I, you know, he's a numbers guy too. Yeah. I'm like, well, that makes sense. I'm like, you dumbass. I'm like, you realize you lost 15% of your body weight. And that if you lose like 10 or 12 more pounds, it'll be 20% of your body weight. Mm-hmm. that's fucking crazy that's a lot yeah that's a that's a huge amount 20 percent of your body weight is huge and most people uh a lot of their results a lot of their not results but a lot of their markers for health 
improve, even people that are really heavy, a lot of their markers for health improve with the first 10% of body weight that they lose. Right. So if you're 300 pounds and you were able to lose uh, 30 pounds, which unfortunately some people may not even notice on somebody that big. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to chop people down here, but that's kind of the truth. You go from 300 to 270. Some people might notice, some people may not, but your markers for health will improve a lot. Mm -hmm. That's what makes this game so hard though. And that's what makes training so hard is like, these things do take time. And I told my dad, I'm like, well, what do you want to weigh? And he's like, I'd love to weigh 185. I'm like, that's, that's so, you're so right close. Right the corner. He's yeah. like, yeah, like the other day I was thinking about giving it all up. I'm like, for what? Oh no. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. He goes, no, no. He's like, I'm not going to give up. But he's like, I was just like, why am I even bothering? He's like, I, he goes, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not getting any, gaining any more muscle. And I said, well, I said, you know, first of all, I said, you're 70. So gaining muscle is going to be hard. Not that it can't happen, but it's going to be tough. And I said, you know, building muscle is very specific. Um, you and I have been working on specific muscle groups to try to bring up, but like how specific has it been and how hard have we been working? Hard. We've been, we've been working hard. <laughs> yeah. We've been like really, really getting after it. And I can say that, you know, during that contest prep that I did, I think my arms got better. Mm-hmm. Um, your arms certainly have gotten a lot better. And I noticed actually in both of us, our backs are getting bigger. Mm-hmm. I've never really had like a lot of, especially strong benchers have these fucking really wide, thick backs. And I was just looking the other day, I'm checking myself out in the mirror and I'm like, oh shit, like the back's coming in. <laughs> I've always had, you know, big traps and some things like that. Like, so some people listening are like, Jesus Christ, like Mark's pretty jacked. What's he bitching about? <laughs> it, it's, it's, uh, it's just in comparison to like, you know, uh, probably people that I shouldn't be comparing myself to, but you know, I, when I, when you look at your physique, it's pretty easy to point out where you think you're weak. Mm-hmm. You were saying you, you want your stomach to be better, right? Like yeah. You, you look at these different areas. I want my dick to be bigger. You look at these what? different. Wait, what? How could, not... it get any, how could it get any larger than Seriously. it is? Hey, you were naked in Malibu in the same room as me. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Yep. Oh, yeah. Multiple what? times. I was. That was weird. That was all right. It was for a shoot that we were doing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't think you needed any help. I it mean, was... I was not staring. It was directly warm that day. (laughs) (laughs) It was warm and wet that day. It was. Yeah. (laughs) You could smell the ocean in the background Mm -hmm. or was it the foreground? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I just said earlier, uh, I was making fun of Jessica. I was walking by her office. She was chomping down on a burrito and it's great because we've, we've, uh, we fat shamed Jessica to the point where she's gotten fit and gotten in good shape. Mm -hmm. And now we're like, we're fit shaming her. Yeah. We're like, what are you doing being so skinny? Mm-hmm. You have a powerlifting meet coming up. I'm like, you got to fatten up. And Marcus is like, what's going on over mm-hmm. there? He's like, he's, cause Marcus is her coach. Mm-hmm. And he's like, she needs to fatten up. And I'm like, that's what I'm, I'm trying to tell her. She needs to fatten up. Yeah. If, if, uh, he weighs her every time she walks into the gym and if she weighs under a certain weight, she's not allowed to lift. <laughs> that's great. That's amazing. Well, we, we stuffed her with a burrito today and she's, <laughs> <laughs> she's eating this burrito as I'm walking by her office and, and she has a mouthful of the burrito and she's like, Marcus made me eat it or whatever. <laughs> and I'm just looking at her and I'm like, uh, I don't know. I said something about her. I said something because her nickname is the fertile female, which I right. think my, she might've gave herself, but I don't, I don't remember how it happened. But I think uh, it might've just been a YouTube comment. Uh, there you go. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it was a YouTube comment. And then. <laughs> 
she put it like uh, as her like phone thing. So like if I go to like um airdrop airdrop something to her, it pops up for yeah. a female. And uh oh, and then uh her headphones were sank to my phone too. And so Andy's looking at my phone one day on the uh, on the airplane. Mm-hmm. She's like, who is the fertile female? I'm like, I don't, I'm like, I don't, I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, that's Jessica. I don't know how they got there. Yeah. I promise. She's like, what? And I was like, ah, it's a long story. <laughs> but anyway, I was, you know, messing with Jessica and I, I said, uh, oh, I said, you know, there's a lot of fertile female fans or something. She goes, the fertile female smell is in the air. And I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> I was like, that's disgusting. What do you, do? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean the smell is in the air? Like, can't say that. It's so funny. She'll say stuff and then be like, oh, nope. I'm about to get roasted for that one. Like <laughs> she'll catch herself sometimes. She but... says some really, uh, really funny stuff. It's funny too. Cause she's not, she's definitely not like ditzy. It's not like a ditzy <laughs> comment. It's not like she says the wrong thing. Uh-huh. She just sometimes says something and it just, you know, we're, we're all a bunch of perverts in here and stuff too. So that doesn't help. It happens. <laughs> what the, it does. It the, happens. We were talking about your back. Uh, your Building up those lats. I was yeah. just saying how specific it is to, you know, and, and my dad, you know, talking about how, you know, he's comparing himself to other people and I'm kind of trying to get him to hone in and mm-hmm. compare himself to the most important part person, which is himself. And his, the only other time he's been under like, uh, well, I think when he, I think when he got married to my mother, I think he weighed like 210. So that was a hmm. long ass time ago. He now weighs 198 pounds. And then the next thing that he says, he's like, I feel better now at 70 than I did when I was 30. Hmm. And I'm like, well, what are you complaining about? You know, I'm like that, that, that's a huge statement because that's a, uh, a lifetime ago and then some, yeah. you know, that's, that's, uh, 40 years ago. You I think? mean, that's crazy. Like I'm, I'm, for, you know, I'm in my forties. <laughs> so it's like, that's a me ago, right? Like right. he was, he had, like, I was probably around when he was, when, or, or being born ish or somewhere around there mm-hmm. when he was 30 and he's saying he feels better now than he did then. Damn. Mainly just from like three months of diet and exercise. Mm-hmm fucking crazy it's crazy to me how quickly you think he like downplays it to just try to um i don't know what would be the word here but uh to try not to make it a big deal so that way he doesn't like um i don't know feel too vulnerable if somebody else were to be like oh that's not that much (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know you know kind of like worried about what people are gonna say even though they're not saying it type of thing yeah i don't know i don't know like i don't know um I don't have a good idea on like how competitive my dad is in like that sense, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, but he, uh, obviously he must be, he must be aware of it. Otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I know people say that stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, I did it yesterday or was it yesterday when I, I posted my, uh, my 300 pound deadlift, hmm. but I was like, I know it's off of a trap bar and I know it's off of blocks, but it still felt incredible. But like looking back right. at it, I don't really have to like admit that i don't know i guess i was yeah. just worried about people saying right. like oh well next time try a straight bar off the ground right right like hey leave me alone imaginary person yeah it's just like <laughs> uh yeah it just feels great to uh feels great to pick up those big weights and you just want to like kind of leave it at that but it's hard right mm-hmm. it's hard to leave it at that because you you are kind of concerned about um what people what people are going to say yeah anyway you know, I think if you can, you want to try to find, uh, you know, to kind of wrap all this up, you want to try to find, unless there's some questions over there, 
but you want to try to find some meaning in what you're doing. You know, what's, what's the meaning of it? What, like, why, you know, why are you doing, why are you doing what you're doing? And, you know, those people that, uh, those people that can figure out, you know, why they're doing something, um, not, it doesn't even have to be that specific on why they're doing, but if you can figure out why you're doing something, a lot of times you can go at it a lot harder. Um, maybe you, maybe you don't know why you're doing something cause you haven't learned it yet. And maybe, you know, going back to the whole learning thing, maybe you have to ask somebody, you know, maybe you have to kind of, maybe you have to ask around and try to figure out how can I, you know, like Marcus does a lot of the programming for the people in here. And so maybe you would have to say, Hey man, you know what? I'm not really sure why, why am I doing bent over rows and, mm-hmm. and, and why are they, I got a question. Why are they placed after deadlifts? Hmm. Well, then you could say, well, having a big back and a strong grip and, uh, and, and a strong upper back and mid back is going to help you deadlift more. Well, now you just acquired more knowledge that you can apply to something else. And you can take that knowledge and maybe, you know, maybe it will help, maybe it will help your deadlift. Maybe it will help, uh, turn things around for you. So it, things don't always have to be, um, things don't always have to be so complicated. And, you know, another, another quote I heard the other day, which I think is, is outstanding. This goes about, you know, you hear people saying this all the time, find your why, find your why, find your why, or find what your, your, your what your passion is. What are you passionate about? Mm-hmm. You know, you hear all these people kind of saying these things, but it's the person uh, that has a why that can bear anything when it comes to how are they going to get it done. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you, um, if you have a strong enough reason why you want to do something like a, um, and I know this is, is, uh, maybe too stereotypical, but you have, um, you have somebody that wants, you got a, a football player. Um, you have like someone like Marshall Falk, you know, Marshall Falk. Uh, played for the St. Louis Rams for a long time. He was a Hall of Fame uh, running back, um, one of the greatest of all time, one of the greatest uh, uh, multi-purpose uh, receiving backs and running backs in the history mm-hmm. of football. His why was, I want to get the fuck out of the ghetto. I want to get away from all this bullshit that, mm-hmm. I, that I'm surrounded by. Mm-hmm. And he did that by playing football like a son of a bitch and getting a scholarship to San Diego State University and then getting drafted in the first round and kicking the crap out of people day in and day out and making millions of dollars. He and then falked people up. He falked people up. Yeah. He was a part of the greatest show on turf. They were unbelievable. They were dope. But there's so many examples of that where people are, you know, people are, are they're hungry. They mm-hmm. have this, this kind of, this burning desire and you don't have to come from a, you don't have to have a tragic story to, to have a strong reason why you want to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aubrey Marcus calls it smiling through the suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause, uh, I don't remember exactly what he was doing, but he hated his job, but he had the idea to like eventually create on it. it I don't think it, the idea was quite on it at that point yet, but he was like, I, I was willing to work a shitty job just so that way I can have enough money to start my own company at the end of it all. He's like, so I had to smile through the suck. He's like, mm-hmm. I didn't love my job, but I loved the fact that it was going to eventually turn into my own thing. So he, his, uh, he had enough passion and enough why to work like in a bad situation right. to, just to get through to, you know, to the other side. And I thought that was pretty dope smiling through the suck. <laughs> I mean, you have to always understand that, um, you know, the thing, the things that are bad that happen, uh, there's so much good that can come from them later yeah. on. The, uh, the job that you had before this job, mm-hmm. it made you hungry to no longer work there anymore. Yep. 
That's a positive thing. And my girlfriend, well, fiance still working there makes me hungrier to do better here. Even mm-hmm. still, it still pushes me because I look at the shit that she has to deal with right now. Right. And I'm just like, fuck. Like, it's it's so dumb. It drives me nuts. But everything, it, it, it depends on your vantage point, but everything mm-hmm. is a positive in some way. Mm-hmm. It'll always lead to better things. It'll always lead to bigger things. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, I mean, there's there's certain things in life, like when somebody dies, it, it's it's hard to f- try to figure out the silver lining in that. But like, you know, when my brother passed, like it, 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 it helped me a lot. Um, obviously like it sucks to not have him here anymore, mm-hmm. but there's, as I said, there's always, there's a positive and negative to, to most things. But the important thing is to try to squeeze out what's the positive, like what's, what's the benefit of this. And I think, um, I just, it's a huge mistake uh, for me or for anybody else to really try to compare yourself too much to other people. You want to compare yourself to yourself. Where were you yesterday? Where were you six months ago? Where were you? What did things look like for you then? Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're doing better now, then you should fucking celebrate that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to celebrate it like an asshole and, and do things that throw you off of of the momentum that you have towards the things that you want to do. I'm just saying you should be really happy. Right. There's nothing, you should be really proud. You know, people don't take the time to be proud of themselves. I've mentioned this a million times on this podcast and people aren't nice enough to each other. Somebody tells you something, Hey man, how's it going? And somebody says, uh, you know what? Actually it's going really good. I, I, you know, I went into work the other day and I got a huge bonus Mm -hmm. because I did this thing for them and they, they gave me, they, he fucking gave me five grand. Like <laughs> somebody can't just say, holy shit. What? No way. That's awesome. What does somebody do instead? They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know what? Actually, same thing happened to me. Um, but, uh, <laughs> they let me go to their beach house and, uh, my boss, uh, you know, then he gave me eight grand and then it's like, Jesus Christ. Can you goddamn give somebody a pat on the yeah, back? One up. Yeah. 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 Uh, one up guy. Yeah. You got to one up them or, or they're not even listening to you and they're just going through their phone. Mm-hmm. you're like all right well i, I guess uh, i guess you don't really care how yeah. i'm you're just uh, maybe yeah just saying it almost get nervous not nervous but like i almost kind of don't like talking to people about what my job is really because one they they don't get it right, right off the bat but when i tell them like how like excited i am every single day or like you know yeah i did go to the beach house mm-hmm. you know it's, and it's like it's almost like I, i'm not trying to brag Obviously, but you did ask, how's things going? <laughs> so this is how they're going. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, for me, at this point, I can't really, I can't really say anything. Yeah, yeah, I can't even imagine. I, can, I can't I really. Cannot. I can't, like, I just, I, you know, I bought a new truck. Like, a, I just don't, I don't mention it to any, you know, I don't really say a whole lot about it because mm-hmm. uh, it just, I don't know. It's just, uh, who can I celebrate it with? I can celebrate it with a couple of you guys in here yeah. that are close to me, but yeah, yeah. Other than that, you know, other people are you fucking asshole, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I was pretty stoked when we got a couch. I couldn't wait to tell people. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, we lived in the house for, I don't know how many months now. And it was just, living room was completely empty. And we got a couch. I was like, dude, <laughs> we're so stoked we got a couch. But you're right. Yeah, if you're like, yeah, we got a new house. What's up? Yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, yeah, it was the when I, when we got the, when we got the new house, when we got the beach house, it was like, there was a lot of things that <laughs> have been like that, that have happened where it's like, oh, I don't want to really say that, you know, all this different stuff. And, um, you know, I learned that quickly, you know, early on in this business, like the first, 
maybe like in the first two years that we were doing this, um, you know, we got to year number two where it, we started doubling what we're doing in year number one. And I, I mm-hmm. was like, mm, okay, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I would like tell my brother and I would tell like, you know, some of my close friends and I was like, that's not going over so well. I need to stop doing that. Wow. I mean, I'm just excited. Right. And, uh, you know, if, if either one of them would hear, they're like, you could tell me anything, but mm, kind of can't. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't really work well. Yeah. And, uh, as far as like questions in the chat room, like do the people that, that, um, that follow us, like they'll just like answer questions amongst themselves. That's great. But they did a great job today. So I got nothing as far oh, as over cool. here, but, um, and then Facebook kind of the same deal. Uh, well, actually mama bell asked oh hi mama bell yeah she had asked if somebody's not on facebook if they can join operation fatterist i just said i think she can still link people to the facebook page or follow here that's Mm. about it that's a good question we could we could uh we should probably hit people up with an email blast on if we haven't uh done that quite yet yeah but other than that man that's all i got all right strength is never a weakness weakness is never strength trying to time to go train some bench press some pecs